Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, D. On today's episode of Other You, it is called Other Trey. I have with me I, Man, shoot, one of my friends that I've, I've met probably like 13 years ago, we met on set of a small project, and since then he has like over 20 some odd credits of uh, Boom Operator and Sound Mixer. He's the host of um, a podcast called Nintendo Main. Please welcome to the show, Trey Johnson. Hi, what's hey. up? For so having glad me. to have you, man. Really appreciate you being here. For sure, yeah. Cool. It's, uh yeah, it's nice to. I mean, yeah, it's been it's been a while. I think I think the last time I saw you was uh, wasn't like the Marvelous Capcom three party that yeah. I had here, yeah. maybe. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> well, that was like the day at launch. You had you had done a few of those. Yeah, actually, um, you know what? I think I think I saw you after. I think I saw you like one of the. It could have been the last uh, Jahida Thanksgiving party that she oh, did. Oh, that's true. That's true. I guess I saw you there because because oh. I, I brought my you know my wife who was my girlfriend then mm-hmm. I brought her. Yeah. And you were there, so that oh, would have been later. But yeah, yeah, it's it's been a couple of years. I mean, we've been able to keep in contact through the magic of social media, I guess. Sure. Yeah. yeah sure. And if and now through the magic of of a podcast. Yeah. What, uh, yeah. Re- yeah. So we're we're visiting each other's podcasts, um, which is pretty cool. I'm 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 pretty pumped to be on yours, and I'm I'm super glad to have you on mine. For sure, man, and vice versa. Right on. So, um, how have you? Like, we're in the midst of this pandemic. How have you been? How has adjustment been for you throughout this time? Uh, it's you know it, it changes day by day. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been weird for everybody. You know, right. it's uh, yeah. I'm you know we're just just trying just trying to get through it. It's uh, it's uh, I mean. My, you know, my wife kind of saw it coming before it happened and I didn't believe it was going to be as crazy as it was. And mm-hmm. it was right. Like I was, you know, she's like, oh, no, the, the pier is going to close. Like everything is going to close. And I'm like, no way. I'm like, no way the bars in Chicago are going to close. Like right. there's no way production's going to stop. Like mm-hmm. there's no possible way that like theater will stop. And then everything did, <laughs> you know, in like one week it was yeah. crazy. Like she was in the middle of a play and they were just like, you're done. Everybody's done and we're done. And I'm like, wow, OK. Wow. Same thing happened to me. Like I was working on a TV show and same thing. They were like, we're done. It's over. Sorry. Wow. You know, it's, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And then it was, yeah. And then there was like the unemployment and now there's not the unemployment and yeah. now it's, and everybody's, and everybody's mad and it's yeah. like, and there's like other things too. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I feel like every day is its own thing right. with, with the, just trying to find things that can, you know, keep yourself positive enough mm-hmm. to get, to get the next day is what it kind of seems like. Yeah. And so of course, like, the trying to not go crazy with your, with the people you live with and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think Which when, when she goes back to work that, um, the intermission will be over and they'll just pick it up where they left it or. What the play? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think the play, no, no, they won't do that play. They'll do, <laughs> I mean, the, actually, I mean, theaters, theaters like really, it's really tough because it involves so many people like to put a show on that yeah. it would that have to be next to each other mm-hmm. that it's like, I don't know when or if like some mm-hmm. theaters are pushing their schedule like till summer of next year, like the earliest. And I think even that might be stretching a little bit. I don't know. Like it's, Oof. 
there, there's so there are so many jobs involved with it that have to be by each other that it's like really yeah yeah i mean it's not as it's, it's not as simple as like you know not seating people next to each other in the theater you still need all the stage hands and all that to be yeah. to be going at once and it takes a lot to like mm-hmm. to run a big theater production and yeah it's yeah. kind of like we don't really know like we don't you know we have no idea like when mm-hmm. when or if or and, and some theaters were like barely hanging on anyway so it's yep. like you know, arts. It seems like the arts like that have a have a rough time that, mm. that already. Where it's like, yeah. and now it's like, oh, now you just can't do anything for indefinitely. You know, but, it's, your, but your rent is still due, so yes. don't forget to keep paying rent even though you can't have any shows. Yeah, we. we I mean, we've actually we've kept up on that. We haven't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to like get any debt, and I've been trying to pay all the bills and stuff like mm. that. You know, the the employment unemployment assistance helped for a while, but that's gone now. So. Right. Oh, no, no, I was just, just talking about for the theaters, like the small theater companies that are, you know, just barely scraping by. And now oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, no, hey, they, you guys can't have any shows because of this governmental decree. Now what? You know? Yeah, even even though uh, yeah, it's like even though the pier is not open, you still have to pay to be there. Yeah. It's like what? <laughs> I guess I don't know. I don't know all the technicalities of, of the people who own that and what they're doing. And right. But if they have, to, I guess they have to pay rent there regardless. Yeah. But even if, if the place isn't even open and no one can even go there, I don't know. There should be some sort of stipulation in there about that in their contract. Okay. I don't know. In in, yeah. in case of a post-apocalyptic disaster, right. uh, you don't need to <laughs> you don't need to pay <laughs> rent if no one can come yeah. to the theater, you know, or to the pier in general. Yeah. Jeez. Oh man. All right. So let's go ahead and jump right into it then. Uh, Trey, hit us with your decision. What what is the the thing that happened in your life where you made a choice and you've seen some long lasting effects? Oh yeah, I was I was trying to I, I knew you were gonna hit me with some sort of question about this, but I wasn't sure. Like I was like, what decision do you want? You mean you mean like when I don't know when I like chose to go to college or like when I chose to do another thing or like how far back do you do you want here? Like so, um, all of the the shows have been different, but I've gotten a, a, a range of them. Uh, one of them was, uh, what if I didn't pick band when I was in like seventh grade? Uh, another one was, um, uh, I, what, I, what if I stopped playing baseball? You know, another mm-hmm. one like today's episode that is, uh, that went live today is, um, about, he's like, Oh, uh, what if I never picked up skateboarding? You know? And as, because as a result of skateboarding, he got onto like Tony Hawk. And then from there he was in, uh, like his musical tastes developed. And so he joined mm-hmm. a band that played like punk music. So, uh, it, it varies. So if there was a decision in your life that you, um, can see where you chose like the right door, right. Mm-hmm. Instead of the left and, and not even like you were deliberating for months, which door do I pick? It's just this is the one that I chose. I wonder what it would have been like to go through the left door. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, well, working, working freelance, I wonder that all the time. It's like, what if you would have went to business school? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who would want to do that? But I mean, you know, you, you think about that when you mm-hmm. don't have, like, have a regular job, you just right. have a freelance work, you know, mm-hmm. where nothing's really that primitive. So, so it's like, what if I would have done mm-hmm. another thing? What if I did, would have done something where I had like a specific job, which mm-hmm. I probably would from anyway by now right. because of the condition of the country but right. you know i think i i don't know i guess we could say like i mean going to columbia i think made it made a big deal for mm-hmm. me like 
going to that school. And when I came to Columbia, I didn't even really know what I was going to do. I just heard it was a cool school from a friend of mine pretty much. And, mm. and I was like going to like small community. I went to like a Christian college for like three years and mm. was going to like a community college after that. And, and I was just like, well, why don't we just go to this? Why don't I go to the Chicago school in Chicago and transfer to that? And mm-hmm. I think that, that kind of changed my life for sure. Because then, you know, then I got, you know, got involved with the audio program and production and met, met a lot of people that are still friends of mine and all that. Like mm-hmm. I'm one of the people on my podcast I met there, you know, oh, so, wow. okay. I, so it, was, it was a pretty big thing, you know, that it was kind of one thing to another, like, yeah, like taking, taking film classes and then getting into the audio stuff and then working at the audio department at Columbia and then like doing jobs from there. So I guess that kind of. Perfect. Yeah. That's a, that is a, that is a great example of a decision that you made. And so um, I like that it's not something that you were like, Oh man, should I go to business school or should I go to Columbia? It was something that somebody was like, Hey, this is a cool school. Why don't you come check it out? And you're like, okay. So and it, um, it's funny because my friend had never actually really gone there. He just talked about going there <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, well, I, I could, I could try to go there. there you go. I don't know. I mean, you, you know, when you're, when you're like, you, you should never, you shouldn't, kids shouldn't like be, expected to pick what they're going to do when they're 18 years old because they have no fucking clue like what anything is yeah. ever you know like it's so hard to figure out a career or whatever like you don't know yeah you just most you know college was just like more high school for me is what i felt like it and it's like except for, except for you didn't necessarily have to go to classes all the time mm-hmm. you know right <laughs> or depending you know so it yeah. was like okay so i had no i mean i went to school for like seven years like it's just because i just would didn't know what to do you yeah. know okay yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of, it was just an idea where I was like, well, why don't I try this? You know, why don't I go to an art school? I mean, art school, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so where you said you moved to Chicago, uh, from where did you move? Uh, I'm from, I'm from central, I'm from central Illinois. I was, uh, okay. I grew up in, in uh, Morton, which is by Peoria. So, okay. and I went to school in Lincoln. So I was in late living in Lincoln at the, at the time when I came up here. Gotcha. So, yeah. And that was like, 2002 or beginning of 2002. So you moved, you moved to Chicago in around 2002 to attend Columbia. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It was like February, 2002. Okay. Um, are you still friends with the guy that mentioned, Hey, you should come to Chicago and check out the school or. Yeah, no, he was, he was at my wedding. Oh, awesome. <laughs> he's one of, one of, he was one of the best men. So yeah, no, okay. totally. Um, all right. And then how old were you? Like 22? I was, yeah, I was 21 because I, I turned, I turned 22 in May. So I, I hadn't turned okay. 20. Yet. Gotcha. So you're 21. Uh, 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 Go ahead. I was just going to say that was a trip because, you know, I had just gone from a Christian college to an art school and I was 21 and it was just really cool to just like go to a bar and just have a drink and not have to worry about anybody judging me right. for <laughs> going to have a drink somewhere. It was such a weird, it's such a weird like feeling, but yeah. Like nobody knows me here. I can just have a beer here, and nobody, you know, nobody gets anything. Yeah, it's legal. Was um was alcohol forbidden then for the students at your Christian school? Uh, I mean, it. Yeah, nobody drank. Nobody smoked. Well, I mean, people, of course, people did, but they weren't supposed to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. It was a Christian college, so it was forbidden. It was actually forbidden at the at the um, dorm at Columbia too. Like we weren't supposed to bring alcohol in the dorm. Of course, everybody would smuggle it in there but it was supposed to be a dry campus so huh. that was okay. another part of just like going to a bar and feeling like i don't have to worry about anything i can just drink this beer and it's fine <laughs> right. I, I don't have to worry about sneaking stuff in or whatever you know that's funny yeah so i went to i went to a Bible college in texas um 
and they had so many like rules uh, about behavior and entertainment and all kinds of stuff. Like to the point where uh, we weren't allowed to watch movies in our dorm. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, there was um, what was it a uh, Moody Bible Institute is like that too. You can't even have a TV and in, yeah. in, in the rooms. Yeah. Yeah. So the way that we would get around it is we would have like uh, TVs, but we would like connect a desktop to it. Mm-hmm. So it would look just like, oh, it's just their computer. But I mean, oh, sure. we 100 <laughs> percent broke the rules almost yeah. <laughs> every night watching movies and stuff. We would have like study groups um, in one of the rooms on the floor. And that room just happened to have the largest computer monitor that you could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Study, quote yeah, unquote. Yeah. study groups only ever yeah so but it was also like a dry campus dry but it was like dry off campus too if you attended the school you agreed to not drink while you attended sure yeah made a liar out of a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) i probably probably had to do that at columbia too which is so weird because it's an art school and it's like i mean not that all artists like to drink but i mean Mm -hmm. it's like I don't want to like generalize, but, mm. but, but still it's, I don't know. And, and, and like, and I was 21, like I was, I wasn't sneaking it or anything. I was yeah. I'm like legal. I can buy beer. Like yeah. it's, it's legal. I can do that. <laughs> this is a hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, did you, did you drink before then? Um, did you uh, drink when you were at the, at the Christian school? Uh, no, actually I didn't. I didn't start. Uh, I mean, when I, okay. So like I went to Christian college for like three years just because, I was I got I was into like Christian stuff when I was in high school because I was depressed and it made me feel like I had some sort of belonging I guess or mm-hmm. life purpose that type of thing yeah. and it got to, and and also you know like youth group events like sure. that type of thing sort of probably brainwashing somewhat but uh mm-hmm. you know that it, it was something I thought was uh, important at the time so I ended up going to a Christian college for three years until I realized that most of the jobs like wouldn't really make that much money and I didn't want to be like a youth minister or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I also got like fairly depressed, like stopped going to class, like, like that, like that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I didn't really start drinking until after I got out of Christian college. Cause gotcha. after I got out of Christian college, I was depressed and I was like, how many, how many like commandments can we break like this week? <laughs> like, you know, that, that type in, of thing. Like I was, weekend. I was very rebellious towards, towards religion and Christianity yeah. and so that was when I started like smoking weed and drinking and gotcha. stuff like that. Even though I had sm- I smoked cigarettes off and on since I was in, since I was like thirteen. So I oh, mean, wow. okay, that was you know I'd, I'd been doing that since junior high. So that was that was still a re- reoccurring thing. But as far as like drinking, I guess to drunkness, I hadn't really done that until after I got out of Christian college. And then I tried to go to like just the regular Lincoln College for like a semester and. Hmm. And I failed out of that too. So it was kind of like, you know, I was just having a hard time, like leaving the apartment, like yeah. that sort of okay. depression. So, you gotcha. know. Okay. Did, did you carry any of that with you when you made it to Chicago or was the trip enough to kind of help pull not, you out of that? Not really. I mean, I think that, I mean, I, I liked Columbia a lot and I liked all the people that were there because I don't know. I felt like it was a lot of, you know, it was a lot of nerds and rejects and stuff like myself. So I felt, I felt very (laughs) home with a lot of the people there, you know, so I didn't really, and I guess I felt like I had a better direction because I didn't really know what I was doing. And like, and I didn't really know what I was doing at Columbia either, but at least like the, at least the classes were really interesting. Like I was interested in all the stuff. Like it's like, you know, like cinematography class and editing and like Mm -hmm. production like that. It was, it was cool. I wasn't taking like, I don't know. I wasn't studying like the speeches of of Jesus Christ or whatever. Like it was more, it was more stuff that, 
was more interesting to me, I guess. Gotcha. So that was that was uplifting for me. And also, I think it's pretty rad to go to a place that you don't know anybody at and just kind of like, yeah, you know, kind of re, kind of re. It's like a rebirth of yourself. Right. Like just go to a place you don't know anyone and just, yeah, you can just do your own thing and nobody remembers you from however long ago. Yeah. You know. Uh, did you? When you when you made it to Chicago, do you think that you um, were able to be like your 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 real true self? And were you confident in that because you knew like all right, none of these people knows me from before, so I have a, a blank slate? Did you end up? Do you feel like you ended up like changing any of who you were, or were you confident in who you were and it it worked out in this new place? I th- I think I was still pretty. I still I don't think I necessarily changed myself. It was just nice to. I don't know, maybe I could present myself better and I, and I didn't have to be like, oh, well, maybe I embarrassed myself at this one thing that somebody knows about, but they don't know about that or whatever, gotcha. you know, that, that type of thing. It okay. just gives you more confidence because you don't really know these people, but it doesn't really, but it didn't necessarily change the way I was. I think I was still the same way. I was just interested in, in that, in that stuff as well, gotcha. you know? Okay. So. Okay. Um, what, uh, how many siblings do you have? Tell me about your home life. I have I have two sisters, but they're a lot older than me, and they're half sisters. Okay. So um, I only lived. I mean, I only lived with one of them because okay. uh, the other one lived with lived with her mother, with her real mother. Okay. And uh, she's they're they're both like um eight, they're both eight and ten years older than me, so it's a big gap. So I didn't. So the oldest one, Kelly, I didn't live with her for that long, and I was fairly young. Okay. So I was somewhat of an only child, is, is what I'm saying. Huh. Okay. Okay. Um. But they were they were your dad's kids then. Yeah, they were my dad's kids before he married my mom. Gotcha. Okay. Alrighty. And he and he disappeared too when I was young, so it was mostly just me and my mom. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean, he's still. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He was somewhat around, but he took off. He ran off with some other lady that he was that he was dating through work. Uh, gotcha. When I was, uh, I think, just becoming a teenager. About. Oh. So. Okay. Is that why you started smoking? <laughs> <laughs> No, I started smoking because I was obsessed with comic books. And uh, one of the my favorite comic book character, Johnny Blaze, who was the original Ghost Rider, uh-huh. he smoked cigarettes all the time. And I wanted to be like Johnny Blaze. So that's why nice. I smoked cigarettes. Okay. It's really it's really stupid. But that was my that was how it worked in my mind. Gotcha. <laughs> Plus, I also had an older friend that smoked and he kind of forced it on me a little bit. And I was like, oh, no, this is cool. Johnny Blaze smokes. I'll smoke, too. You know, nice. That type of thing. Nice. Okay. So what kind of what kind of music were you into? At that time, I was listening to a lot of punk rock. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean that most of my time at Christian college too. I was I was big into a lot of like punk rock indie stuff, like mm-hmm. uh, indie rock, emo, uh, hardcore stuff like that. Gotcha. I, I had like a I had like a hardcore phase for a minute, but that was when I was in Christian college. But I was more into like the emo and punk rock stuff. Gotcha. So when you were in when you were attending, well, so like in high school and then when you were attending Christian college, did you like look out for Christian versions of, of bands that fit that genre? I, I did. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, I did at first. Like when I first started going there, I was heavy into like Christian music and that type of thing gotcha. where I was all like, I don't listen to anything else. Cause I'm, you know, cause I'm this asshole that's right. <laughs> that's only Christian music is good and all this I'm bullshit. So yeah. So, so I was, I was kind of like that for a while, gotcha. but it started to get to the point where I was getting really, just really uh, upset and frustrated with the way that things were happening in the school. Mm-hmm. You know, just a whole lot of, there was just a lot of, 
you know, it's a Christian college. Like there's all sorts of like bigotry and bullshit like going on there that, that I just didn't like. So I kind of, so I wanted to get away from all that stuff. So I kind of look, started to look for, you know, music that had more cussing in it and anti-religion, whatever, like that, that type of thing. So I was, you know, it was, I was trying to go for something that was more against it because I was tired of it. Gotcha. So that's that's kind of what led me into it. Yeah. But but I was listening, you know, I was listening to punk rock before, but then I started getting into more of the more of like Dead Kennedys and like the Ramones and like uh, gotcha. and like Alkaline Trio and like mm-hmm. uh, Propagandi and stuff like that. Like was really what I was really into at the mm-hmm. time. And a, and a lot of those bands played locally, so we were actually able to go see a lot of them, which oh, is nice. really cool. That's wicked cool. That's, and also, like, I would go. To, I would already. I already love Chicago because we would drive up to the Fireside to see bands play there. Nice. And the Fireside was like my favorite venue ever. You know, yeah. in in the late '90s, there in like the late '90s, early 2000s, because mm-hmm. they like never sold anything ahead of time online. You could just go there and buy a ticket. So like, right. we would just go there like a, on a Friday night, and you know, it was the neighbor. The neighborhood was shit. Like I live in that neighborhood now, right. but it's like <laughs> there's like nobody there, and you could park wherever pretty much. Yep. And, Great. It was so easy to get there. And we saw all the, like pretty much every band I was listening to played there at one point. Oh, so man. it was really easy to go see shows. So it really, and then, you know, and people would play in like Bloomington and Champaign as well. And even there were occasional shows in Lincoln also. So mm-hmm. a lot of those indie bands were really accessible. So I could go and I had a car, you know, I had my, I had my parents gave me a car, you know, nice. when I, from high school. So I was able to drive places, nice. you know, that's cool. we could go do things. So that was a big influence on that, on the music. Awesome. As well, was that it was so accessible and cheap. You know, I wasn't like trying to go see Aerosmith or something. I was going to see right. smaller bands that you could go to see for like $10, yeah. you know, or whatever. Did you, so did you get, did you f- discover any bands when you were going to like a show for a band that you liked? And did you discover any bands that you were like, oh man, these guys are crazy good that, mm-hmm. you know, you hadn't necessarily heard of before? Did you, did you get to discover any cool, cool music going to live shows? Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, I discovered all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, is, uh, is there a band that has stuck with you since then that you still listen to? I mean, one, one that I saw that I didn't know of until I saw them play live. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was some weird, I don't know. There was, there were always some weird, like random stuff. I know one time I, I did see, uh, whatever Mar- I saw Mars Volta before they were like Mars Volta. No kidding. Or before they were big. Like that was cool. They, I was just going to a random show in St. Louis and they were playing there mm. and then I'd never heard of them before. And that was like their first show and nobody really cared about them, but they didn't realize that they were the guys from, at, from, at, from, uh, at the drive-in. And I was like, yeah. Hey, that, those guys. So, so that was really cool. Nice. And there was also like some really weird random, uh, stuff I would find in Chicago. There's also this indie band called Annihilate and from, uh, Springfield. And I basically only saw their shows live. Oh wow. Okay. And those guys were awesome. Like they were sort of, uh, there were there was like some rapish stuff in there mixed with like punk rock with like ska at times kind of but not but not annoying but the, those guys were awesome like that was a, a band that stuck with me for a long long time and that first album Doug I think is incredible still huh. and and their albums like never really like the the album's fine but like their their stage presence was like way beyond any of that where what the al- albums ever got to because. Really? They had like, you know, they, they had like props and like people dressed as sock monkeys and like all this other shit. Like they really, they got crazy into it. So it was wow. the whole, the, the version of the song that you saw live versus the, versus the version on the album was completely different. So gotcha. they were very much about that. So they were probably one that, yeah, definitely stayed with me for a long time where it was all about seeing them live. And they, and they were from Springfield. So they played all over the place. Like mm. they would play 
or whatever. So wow. they were really easy to see. And I saw them play. They came to the Fireside one time, and I saw them play there also, which was uh, pretty awesome. That must have felt real good. Yeah, because they rarely ever left the central area, central <laughs> Illinois area, and that was like the first time and first and only time, I think. Wow. <laughs> but it was cool to – it was cool because like I moved to Chicago, and then they were in Chicago too, and I knew them from, you know, from the old hood. So it was really cool to – see them in like my new area that i live oh. it felt, it was like oh hey you're coming with me sort of you know that's, that's, that's cool awesome. that that's that's great really cool beans um so let's talk a little bit about when you when you when you're you're done now with columbia and you're you're working on some projects um you've been through the sound design program you're doing some sound work when is the first time it pops in your head that um, what if what what other options you may have had when you left Lincoln? What, what do you mean? Like like what popped in my head that I so, was like it, in, in working in freelance when you get those notions like, man, what should I have just gone to regular college and got a regular job? You know, mm. the anxiety of finding your next gig before this one is over sort of thing. You know, when did it, when did it pop up for you first? Oh, the anxiety of like, maybe I should have done something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I was like really excited about it. Like when I got out of school, because I was getting paid for some stuff during okay. school. Like when we first met each other, like they were, they were throwing me something for those jobs that we did with, right. with visual edge and all that. So it was, uh, so, I mean, it was, I was making something. So I felt like, oh, cool. This is, you know, I'm actually doing a different thing. And this mm-hmm. is, this is like something that I like doing and all that. But then, but then it got to the point where it's like, you know, where it's kind of like, well, it's good when I'm getting work, but what about when I'm not getting work and you're trying yeah. to like balance everything out? Mm-hmm. And that's where it's like, and you know, you have friends who have regular jobs who have a lot more money than you do and mm-hmm. maybe own condos or whatever. And yeah. you realize you're probably never going to own anything. And, and, and you wonder mm-hmm. if maybe took the wrong step, I guess. Yeah. In that sort of way. I've always, I've always like been out of money, like for most of my life, I actually finally have been able to like save stuff with, you know, with, with my wife and being married and all that helps. Right. Cause especially now, cause you can't really go anywhere also right. and help me save up money. To but, stay home and not spend. Yeah. yeah. But it was always kind of like, well, maybe if I had more consistent jobs and I'd have more money or maybe if right. I, I think it was more like maybe if I was less stupid with my money, I'd have more money. But yeah, that's but, yeah. pretty good self-awareness right there. <laughs> Yeah. But, but you, you know, like, I mean, you, you work, you work in it in the industry as well. Like, you yeah. know, it's, it varies like depending, you know, like the winters are really hard and yep. sometimes it wouldn't start till like February or sometimes it wouldn't start till like March or even yeah. May. And now it's, yeah. and you're kind of trying to scrape, scrape nickels together between jobs. And mm-hmm. that's where you kind of think, and, and I've, you know, I did plenty of other jobs while I was doing it. You know, I like worked at a laundromat for a while. Like I started, worked at a bar as well for a while. And mm-hmm. I did actually still work a day a week at a bar before, you know, in the before time, as I call it, before <laughs> before all this happened. I did work at a bar, but that place never reopened. So, gotcha. you know, so yeah. it was just it always kind of trying to find side things. And I always wondered if I, you know, if I tried to do a regular thing, what that would be like. Probably gotcha. wouldn't have been happy, but maybe have more. It's more stability, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I just, I, I remember um, there was like a, a good three-year period where I was making great money acting. Um, and then I didn't prepare for life, but like after that, you know, kind of wave was going to be over. So when it was done, I was like, oh, fuck, what do I do? What do I do now? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, I, 
the idea of, of not being stupid with your money, you know, is one of those things that I, 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 that's one of the things that I wish I would have like wrapped my brain around younger. Cause like I, I, so we grew up kind of, kind of poor, like modestly poor. We didn't have a whole lot. So the idea of living on like 12 to 15,000 a year was like, I was like, okay. I mean, I, I'll always have roommates and I, I know what this life is like. Right. And then, you know, I'm making close to six figures acting and I'm like, well, look at this. You know, I can buy all these toys. I bought a car, you know, mm-hmm. change my wardrobe, you know, all this stuff. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. Mm-hmm. It was an interesting time. Uh, but yeah, the idea of not being stupid with money. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of it too was like, you know, you, you go so, so a certain amount of time, like not having a job and then you do have a, and then you do have a gig for a while mm-hmm. and you have all this money to buy all these things that you didn't have before. And sometimes you go a little bit over because overboard, because you're confident that now that you're working, yeah. that you'll continue to work on other yeah. things. And my brain kind of get would just get a little scrambled like that where I'm like, yeah. no, it's fine. I'm doing, this is great. I'm doing great at this. So yeah. there's going to be more and it's going to be fine. So it's I don't have to great. worry. And then, and then it's done. And then there's not anything for like yep. a maybe way longer than you expected. And you're like, yeah. well, shit. Okay. And well now I'm out of money again. You know, yeah. like there was, there was a lot of that was, yeah. the, was the problem. Yeah, It's funny. It's so I have predominantly worked in art and like food and beverage and the parallels between the people that do both of those careers are pretty hilarious, especially when it comes to money. You know, there's so many people I know that are bartenders and that are doing okay or like barely okay. And they're all, they all have stories of, oh man, just a couple of years ago, I had this job and I was making so much money, but I was uh. so dumb because I was like, oh no, I mean, I'll just spend it. Who cares? I'll have more money yeah. next weekend, you know, sort of thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I knew in a lot of bartenders that did that, that like yeah. would just, I mean, they, you know, they were living comfortably, as I say, or just like constantly going out and all that. Mm-hmm. And now everybody's kind of getting screwed now. Yeah, but, now. <laughs> yeah. So because they changed BC to before Common Era, I've decided to start using BC as everything that was before March of this year. Before COVID. Before yeah. COVID, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I've been uh there was like there was like an original series Star Trek episode, like with the where they go to that island where it's like all the kids and like the and the city's all destroyed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you that, but the kids always talk about everything as like the before time and like the right. after time and all that. And I always think about that. Like <laughs> myself and a lot of my friends have just we, we call it like the before time, before, before you know, time. like and you see that in a lot of like sci fi movies too, sure, where they talk yeah. about before the before the destruction of the society, cataclysmic event, yeah, you know, before before the Clone Wars or whatever, you know, yeah, the before time, that's great. Yeah. Um, so when 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 you were still in Lincoln, um, and you made the decision to move up to Chicago and try and get into Columbia, um, did you see any other options for you at the time? Or did you feel like that was your only choice? I mean, not really. I mean, I don't I don't know what it was like. I don't think I knew of that many places. It's like I could stay in Illinois mm-hmm. and live with my parents, which I, nobody wants to do that, you right. know. And it was kind of I didn't want to stay in in Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of got this idea. It's like, well, what if I try this art school, you know, that I've never I've never done art school. And and yeah, that was kind of yeah, I was like, well, why don't, why don't we try this? Like, see if see if this could work, you know, because gotcha. I felt like I was. 
kind of yeah I, like i said i was dealing with a, dep- a lot of depression and all that and i was just mm-hmm. kind of like well, what, what if i tried what if i tried doing this thing you know what if i just tried getting out of here and doing something else yeah so yeah. like columbia is kind of like some spaghetti threw it up against the wall and happened to stick sort of sure thing. yeah it, it took a minute to stick but yeah it did yeah eventually <laughs> <laughs> i mean well of course that's you know that first semester i had a hard time i've always had a hard time going to classes and stuff sure. like that and you know, making myself have responsibility and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but which is incredibly stupid. And I wish that, you know, everybody probably wishes that they could go back in time and tell themselves to not be so mm-hmm. <laughs> not so dumb about things. Yeah. 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 Or like, or like, you know, maybe start a podcast then and not even go to school and then you yeah. wouldn't have to, and then you wouldn't have like a debt, uh, you know, student loans and all yeah. that stuff. None. That's what None. I try to tell people now. Like my nephew's a, you know, my, my nephew's like, like 12, but uh-huh. he does a lot. He has like a YouTube channel and does oh, all nice. this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, just, just start a Patreon, dude. Fuck college. <laughs> <laughs> just start a fucking Patreon and yeah. get, and get it going now, man. Start doing it when you're young and you got more energy, you know, yeah. you could you could make it work. Yeah. Just try not to, just try not to say anything incredibly stupid, Yep. which oh, would man. be difficult to do. I mean, if you can imagine, you know, being younger and having all the access to all the social media that people have now, like yeah. it's. It's uh, it's terrifying also, <laughs> you know, yeah, just, you know, it's, it's funny too. Cause like adults that I know that have all this access still haven't wrapped their brain around how many people they're connected to. Mm. Right. So like in the midst of a lot of the social unrest that we experience, like super heavy in tail end of May, early part of June. I mean, there are still protests now we're in August and, um, but at the start of it, so many people I know just like forgot that everyone can see how racist you are when you post things on social media, you know? And yeah. so it's like, guys, you're you're a grown up. You're supposed to be able to think this stuff through. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, be, yeah, be careful what you're saying. Like, don't, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've pretty much kind of cut off ties to most of my family through social media just yeah. because I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't want to hear it. It's, there's too much, there's too much craziness going on right now. I, mm-hmm. I don't need, I don't need that. There's enough depression like on the internet already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, any family member that I have to still talk to, you know, mm-hmm. I just, you just get muted. That's, yep. that's, uh, that's pretty yeah, there's, I, I have like, there, I have so many, um, people that I'm connected to that I'm just, that I forget that I'm connected to you because I muted them. Mm-hmm. So they're just there essentially if I, if I need to send a message to somebody I'm like, Oh yeah, this person send them mm-hmm. this way. I can just put their name in and there they are. I can send them a message, but yeah. I don't see much of a lot of people that I'm connected to his posts because of that. Sure. Uh, yeah, man, that's funny. Even though um, I do find myself reading like some of my, I do find myself reading more people's posts, like the people that are actually that I feel like are, you know, saying good stuff sure. now that I would be just because, you know, it's very comforting to find other people that feel the way that you do. You know, yeah. it's, it's not like all the angry comments that you see on Twitter and all that, which yeah. thankfully, not, but yeah. So do you, do you uh, engage in social media? Like, uh, do you have an Instagram or are you pretty much predominantly uh, like Facebook? I mean, I have to, I have to do social media now because of our podcast. Like that's what got me into it. I was like, fuck huh. social media for years. And then I realized, and then I had a product that I liked that I wanted people to listen to. So 
I kind of had to involve myself in everything. So I started like a Twitch channel and like nice. joined Twitter. And I mean, I already had Instagram, but okay. I don't use that much Instagram, but I started like a page for Nintendo main and, gotcha. and for any other podcast stuff that I do and, and tried to be, it's actually, I'm, I'm more active on Twitter than anything else. And Twitter is great because number one, none of my family members follow me on there. <laughs> and number two, uh, Twitter is great because you can just follow people that you like pretty mm-hmm. much. It have to be like people that know you or friends or whatever. It's, and yeah. so you could, you can kind of make your feed like fresher and there's a lot less advertisements in there too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot less like, here's an article about these five people that were in a Marvel movie, like that you don't care about, but you're yeah. looking at it anyway. Cause you're on Facebook, you know, there's, there's yeah. a lot less, there is, there is like sponsored ads and stuff, but I don't feel like it's as aggressive as, as Facebook is. Yeah. I like the thing I love about the sponsored ads on Twitter is if I like look at some of the replies, anything that might have been curious you know, I might have been curious about is immediately answered in like the first two or three replies. People are like, oh, sure. oh, hey, don't waste your time clicking this and this. I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. You are a champion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, here, let me let me save your uh, this. This is uh, this. This is what they, they didn't actually answer this question. This is just yeah, clickbait. at all. That's my favorite. I'm like, oh, they don't even talk about it. That's literally just clickbait. So, yeah. Yeah. There's there's clickbait is so heavy on, on Facebook. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. But I, I mean, I, the reason I joined Facebook to begin with was because of uh, work, was mm-hmm. through audio work, because a lot of my friends who who I worked with were on there. And uh, and I did actually get some jobs through Facebook Messenger, oh, wow. like from people mentioning me. So it did end up working out well for the audio career. So oh, that's cool. I can't knock it too much. Right but, I, but yeah, I kind of saw it as a thing for, you know, people who don't have your number, they can at least like message you through that and find yeah, you and find your email on there and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple times like I did some shoot for Oprah's network through really? that I got Facebook because somebody mentioned me and they mess and they messaged me through that because they didn't have my number. So huh. and I ended up getting a job from from Facebook. So it so it can it can totally work for you. That's amazing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten I don't think I've ever gotten a, a, like a job through Facebook, but I have made a whole lot of like networking connections mm-hmm. through Facebook. Uh, there was a, there was a point where I was like joining a whole bunch of these, um, like meetup Facebook pages where, mm-hmm. uh, like there was one where it was the first Monday of the month and a bunch of actors would go and meet up at a bar and essentially just like, Hey, what are, what are you working on right now? How can we support oh, sure. you? Yeah, yeah. And they would just go to each other's shows, which mm-hmm. was pretty, pretty cool. I, I loved it, but oh. I think I, I stopped. Uh, participating when I stopped um, doing stage shows and I started focusing more on on camera. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, that that was super cool. So I was able to network quite a bit, but I don't think I've ever gotten an actual job through mm-hmm. like a Facebook contact. So that's pretty cool, man. And, and there's groups like I'm in, I'm in an audio group that's that will like post jobs and stuff and I've gotten jobs through there where oh, they nice. say like, Hey, is anybody available for this? Or like, this is, I have a guy who needs this or, mm-hmm. and it's also cool. Cause everybody can kind of talk to each other about the job. Be like, Hey, this guy's like, this guy's like not paying anything hmm. and I don't want to work for him. And he seems really shady. So if this guy calls you, like, don't wow. try to get more money out of him. So there's, we also kind of do stuff like that, but, gotcha. but I was cool. able to get some jobs out of there where somebody's like, Hey, I have to take this under other thing. Do you need somebody? And I knew the person and I commented, I was like, Hey, I can do it. And then they knew me and they called me and then I ended up getting the job. So Score. I mean, it's good. Nice. You know, you know, you see, or like if you're in the production ones, they're like, I need a person, I need this in this place. You can mm-hmm. always, people can recommend you or you can like comment if you catch it on time or whatever. So right. yeah, you um, can get work. Do you, um, 
so the, the work that you do, the sound design and boom operating that you do on the productions where you work, is there um, a next level that you would love to like sink your teeth into? Insofar as I mean, like, I, sound is, uh, is concerned. I mean, most of the time I do I do small projects, you know, I, mm-hmm. I do. And it would be, I mean, it would be great to like be chosen for like a specific thing. You know, mm-hmm. I have friends who are like so high class that like they, somebody goes to them when they're in the town, you know, when they're in Chicago, you know, call them and say, Hey, let's do this thing. Or mm. it'd be, it'd be nice to be like, I don't know, thought of, and I do somewhat for like smaller independent stuff for some people like yeah. call on me for that. But I guess it'd be nice to be thought of for bigger things, I guess. Gotcha. In, in the time of COVID now, I mean, am I might you know, my thoughts have kind of changed on it just because production's sort of gone now. Yeah. Like now it's kind of, I'm just looking, trying to look for editing jobs through the podcast thing because, yeah. uh, because I edit a lot of podcasts and I'm like, and that was like something I thought about doing also okay. something that's COVID COVID proof, right? Like something you can yeah. do from home Yeah. or even like if I could record some stuff from home, I don't know. It's like kind of, that, that's kind of where we all are because of the change of, yeah. you know, of everything. Yeah. No so that's, that's kind of what I'm looking for is, is like, can I do audio recording stuff from home mm-hmm. since we can't go anywhere, you yeah. know, or I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so there are a lot of like voice actors that I know that have built small, tiny, like makeshift studios inside their apartment and do all kinds of stuff from home. So I would say so. I Like, I wonder how creative people are going to be. And I think we might've missed a window on like an evolution of the, the work that we do, you know, in film and TV, um, where I was imagining, like, I, I was, I was very curious, like, it, is there going to be an evolution where we're essentially going to be recording ourselves doing parts, you know, at home and then sending oh, it yeah. all to be like mastered down. Uh, and then we put it all together later. I was just wondering, I was like, man, is there, is there going to be a change? Because, um, I had read about Zendaya doing this super low key film, where it was just one person filming, it was her, and then it was like a an editor later. Yeah. So I was just wondering. I was like, okay, that that is an example of something. I'm like, okay, there could be an evolution to this, but what what would that look like? Especially because there was a, a boom in like YouTube and Twitch channels mm-hmm. that happened in like April and May, um, and oh, yeah, yeah, all for the sure. podcasts that have started. And, and, and like Twitch too, you know, like a little, well, especially for, especially for like musical people, mm-hmm. like it, a lot of bands got screwed over because, you know, most people make money on the, on tours and they can't yeah. on tour. So you want, you got to start a Patreon and like a, and a Twitch stream and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, that's how you like, uh, what's it? Uh, my, my wife's like one of her favorite bands is uh Pedro the lion and, uh, oh, really? and uh, David Bassan, he does a, he does a live stream like every Wednesday at six o'clock on Twitch and we watch it like every week. So that's awesome. <laughs> we do have Pedro the lion in the, in the living room, like every week. It's, that's super it's cool. pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. He's got a big, you know, he's had a big following, mm-hmm. he, you know, plays, he's been playing a lot of songs and he's mm-hmm. in a bunch of different too, but you know, it's just cool that he does a live stream like every week that you yeah. can catch. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's kind cool. of, kind of the way of things now where mm-hmm. people are that. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, John Krasinski, he had his, that show, what was it called? The, the Good News Show or something like that, where he was doing uh, like a small YouTube like talk show where they were only talking about like good news and good things happening. He ended up selling it to like CBS, mm. I think. But I thought that was going to be a wave of, you know, celebrities putting on small scale 
productions in their home. But oh, instead, yeah. we got all those songs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, we got that song that everybody hated. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, to I be never... fair, I really enjoyed the dumpster fire it became. I, I didn't watch it just because I knew I was going to hate it, but yeah. I but I saw enough of it muted, you know, yeah. to know that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah, like, come on. Yeah. Come it's on. like, hey, uh, you got you got money. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, not nah, this. Don't don't do this. Yeah, yeah I couldn't I couldn't listen to the audio on that. But yeah. well, that's funny. Um, all right. So at this point of the show, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to a little bit of music. And when we come back, I will read the story that I will have written called Other Trey, and then Trey and I will discuss it. We'll kind of unpack whether or not there are any similarities between him and Other Trey and uh, how, well he can see inside, uh, how, how well he can see himself inside that story. Um, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Hang around. Cool. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the music. Uh, today, uh, again, I am with my guest, Trey Johnson, on today's uh, episode of Other You, which we're calling Other Trey. Uh, as a reminder, again, where you can find him, twitch.tv slash Nintendo Main Podcast, youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. On Twitter, you can find him at Nintendo underscore domain. Uh, the podcast comes out every Friday. 
um, and uh, his other podcast, How Is It Now, where they review movies that they've seen a long time ago and then give an updated review on what they're like now. Uh, that comes out on Tuesdays. Um, that being said, are you about ready for this story, Trey? Yeah, lay it on me. All right, here it goes. Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> the whistle of an inhale breaks the silence of uh, the largely empty 15 by 15 foot room. The living space of this apartment is the largest shared space. Two bedroom flank it, one on each side. It opens into a rarely used kitchen. Other Trey keeps the lights off while meditating at night and as silent as he can get it. He kneels in isolation at the center of the room just below the overhead fixture. The body length pillow beneath his knees offers little comfort. Listening intently for the sounds of his heartbeats, he holds his breath to escape the whistling his clogged nostrils create. The conflict within him prevents him from blowing it all away. He debates within his soul whether the clog is a stone or not and has no desire for the whistle to be louder than the cries of his heart. The drowning sadness swirling within fills his lungs with heaviness and releases the pressure with a loud exhale. Gasping for air again and again, he grips the Bible in his hands with enough strength to crease the cover. What am I doing here? What is this all for? These questions have no answers. He inquired in earnest at the beginning of the fall term. However, he calls out into the dark pejoratively now. He does not seek answers. The weight of his pain gnaws at his body absolutely. The evening wanes and morning has come. The long hours of searching have come to an end. Again, here I am exactly where I started. It's the same as it ever was. Me here begging for anything and left with nothingness. His mind feels cluttered in the moment and he struggles to put together his schedule for the day. He cannot grip which classes he attends on Thursdays, whether he is scheduled to work, if he, planned, if he has plans with any of his friends. A swirling miasma in his mind convolutes all his thought processes. Closing his eyes, he recenters himself with the rubbing his thumb along the bent cover of his, in his hands. The textured cover dips at the debossed letters reading, Holy Bible. Other Trey had always wondered if there were words hidden in the bumps. I wonder what this says. Well, I mean, what it would say if it were Braille. His mind empties for a moment and is filled with sound. His eyes are closed here, and within the depths of his thoughts, there is no darkness. Instead, the absence of sight and the presence of sound, smell, and taste. A blink or two later, other tray click-clacks away at the keyboard, filling the otherwise sleepy library with the song of its people. Private messages, public forums, emails, message boards, instant messenger, search engine queries... His searching has yielded a single result. One hour away lies the Illinois School for the Visually Impaired. Ha! I found it. You are the yearning of my heart. I had no idea. Other Trey rushes home and packs a small bag. Making his way to the car, he goes through his checklist. Coffee? Check. Bag? Check. Base? Check. Did I say coffee? He hastily takes a sip, burning his mouth and swallows through the pain, continuing. How to speak a braille book? Check. Sweet kicks? Check. MapQuest printout, check. Looks like we're all good. Let's head out. Other Trey takes to the road in the early morning. The road is foggy and the air is damp. The certainty of his mission is clear. Slowly creeping through the opaque space before him, he lowers his windows and listens to the sounds of the road. The whirring of the semi-trucks barreling down the road, the honking of the impatient drivers headed to work, 
the screeching of tires and crumpling of metal and shattering of glass. He pulls over to wait on the skies above to change temperature and for the clouds to take with them some of the fog resting here on the ground as they traipse across the sky. Parked closely to the overpass and as far from the road, um, made treacherous by the impatience of drivers, Other Trey perches atop the hood of his car and listens. He removes his tie and covers his eyes. He can feel the rumble of the trucks before he hears them. He can smell the wind and taste the water in the air. In harmony, other Trey hums in tune with the cars on the road. After no less than one hour meditatively engaging with his senses, he feels the warmth of his sun, and through the tie and closed eyes, he can see light poking its way through the self-imposed darkness. Satisfied, other Trey smiles as he removes the tie from his eyes and fastens it back around his neck. Back in the driver's seat, he checks his mirrors and takes back off toward his destiny. A short drive and a year or two later. Okay, guys, I need you to three to tell me what you taste in the air. I'm going to play you a little music, but before we get into what you hear, tell me what you smell. Other Trey relays to his classroom of three children ranging in age from 8 to 13. He stands before them as sightless as they. He has upgraded from his tie and now uses a thin black swath of cloth and an oversized sleep mask. He uncovers a jar of pickles tears open a small chocolate bar and slices into a ripe orange. The scents diffuse slowly through the small classroom, one by one. Each child catches wind of their favorite smell. Distracted, they do not hear the music that, was, that has begun playing. The quiet tones plucked from the harp on his desk dance about the class, unbeknownst to the salivating children. One child yells, Pickles! I love pickles! The vinegary brine fills him with memories of his grandmother and the spicy pickles she brings to every holiday dinner. Another student follows. Oh, that smells like oranges. I drink orange juice every morning. I know that smell. The final student sniffles through the remnants of a head cold that has blocked his sinuses for a week. Chimes in. I don't smell anything, but I really like the music you're playing. What instrument is that? Very good, Eddie. That is a harp. You did a really good job focusing your senses and not being distracted by this chocolate bar. Oh, I can't smell. I've had a cold all week, so I can't smell anything. It's really annoying. I love chocolate, so I think... I would have liked to smell that. Can I have a piece to save for later in, in case my smell comes back? Of course, Eddie. All three of you would get to take a snack with you to lunch from what you can smell. I'm sorry you can't taste right now, but maybe you can save it for a few days and have it when your cold is all gone. Oh boy, thanks, the boy shouts and the boys shout in unison excitedly. A semester or two pass. Other tray, I would love it if you would look at me when you're talking to me. Sometimes I feel as though you're looking right through me. That never feels very good. You are facing me. Your eyes are pointed at me, but you don't look at me. I don't want to say your eyes are dead, but they are. It really hurts, pleads Other Trey's date. Her name is Katia, and they met at the local music store. Other Trey rents instruments from there on occasion, and Katia developed an interest when she heard he taught blind children and coached them on isolating their senses and focusing to be able to notice the, nu- uh, notice the nuances of life amidst the distractions of everything around them. He began fancying her when she regaled him with her adventures chasing the Ramones around and going to every show she possibly could. I'm sorry, Katia. It's it's habit. I tend to spend most of my day in a blindfold, so I think I'm getting lazy with my eyes. I want you to know that I am paying attention to you, though. I really am. I I can tell you that when we hugged when you got here, I could feel the softness of your sweater. You always wear this sweater when you have good news. You're wearing the perfume we picked out when we went to St. Louis for the day over winter break. I really love that scent. I mean, I can feel the tension in your fingers when we're holding hands. I'll try to do a better job of looking at you. I I tend to let my eyes go out of focus and let my other senses bring everything into focus in my mind. 
Satisfied, Katya smiles softly and reaches into her bag. She retrieves an envelope and slides it over to him. He pulls open the glued flap and retrieves two airline tickets and a printed entry for, uh, for two to an intimate show in Queens, New York. Tommy's having a small acoustic thing and I wanted us to be able to see them. Well, him. At least one of them, anyway. Since he's the only one left. Before they're all gone. Other trays sit stunned in complete silence. He smiles again and again before closing his eyes. Darkness rolls in, but it's peppered with light touching his eyes from the lamps hanging overhead and the candle dancing before him. The room goes silent. The smells of the kitchen dissipate. He runs his fingers along the printed ticket, hoping to feel any bumps, but instead slides across the page with no resistance. He opens his eyes to an empty room. He and Katya sit quietly, smiling back and forth for what seems like forever. The end. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I became, I became daredevil in the, yeah, in the other <laughs> pretty much. I mean, dare, yeah, a, a seeing daredevil, I guess. Yeah. 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 I would have never expected it to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I know, uh, like how much sound is a part of your life now. So I just figured it would be interesting if we made sound a big part of that other Trey's life, but in like a, a different, a way different way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I wouldn't have even thought of, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't even thought of any of that stuff. Yeah. It's like, I, I seem, I seem much more important in that world. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sure. To the three kids that you teach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Only three, man. Yeah. I, I feel like most, most of the research I did on, uh, schools for the visually impaired, uh, the, the student to teacher ratio was generally like two to one. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Which I find yeah. to be interesting. I mean, I, I get, I get it. It makes sense. Um, mm. But I was, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. You would think the other me would have like some other classes though, right? So like, so they could. It's not like one, or or is it, or or is it like a grade school where you have like one teacher for like the whole day? Uh, yeah, it's just like uh, it's it's kind of like that. Like and, oh. and like the the age ranges are like from five from uh, five years old to twelfth grade in yeah. these yeah. So they're like schools for the visually impaired are really, really small, small. So I like imagine you're just with the same kids all day long. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> can, can you were, were, were you able to see any of yourself in this? Was I able to pick out some of who you were and, and effectively put it in the story or did it not uh, sound like you were? <laughs> well, I don't drink coffee, so that was weird. No, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, you could replace that with anything. It's no, sure. no big deal. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, it's it's a much more positive side of what could have come of me staying in Lincoln. I guess mm -hmm. figured I'd just become like a. I don't know. I'd just become a drunk or or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd like when, when I, I'd like the 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 first like paragraph or two that I started to write was like, it was pretty dark. Yeah. Like, I like that you went, that you went brighter with it. Yeah. I was, first thing, first thing that you would think of that is like that it would just go super dark. And it's yeah. Like a, yeah. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, this is, I don't know. It's like part of it felt like, oh, this is, it's too easy. Number one. Cause you said yeah. you were depressed there and you weren't doing so hot. Uh, so I was like, oh, it's too easy to just say, okay. So he just collapses just, into himself and you know, they'd stay depressed and yeah. stop yeah uh and so uh but i like i thought this was this was interesting because it kind of takes a little bit of who you are now and 
uh, plays yeah. around with the possibilities of it all. Yeah, sure. I mean, if I would have if I would have tried to stay interested in teaching and all that stuff, you mm-hmm. know, that could have happened. You yeah. know, if I was more positive on it, you know, it's yeah. a order. Yeah, it's like how far do you have to drive to get to a place from? Ooh, were you were you like a say I was leaving from Lincoln, right, to go to wherever the uh, yeah, it's Jacksonville, Illinois, so it's like one hour and change away from there. Yeah, so you did all the distance and all that too. Oh yeah, I like the. The map quest was a nice was a nice touch. Right, because <laughs> we all we all printed all sorts of map quests. Oh yeah, do you remember, remember Map Blast? That was the other one that was really uh, bad. Map Blast, yeah, that was the other one. But uh, yeah, no, yeah, map map quest. I print that shit off all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and even like a, a, a St. Louis is two hours from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So I felt like if you if you, you were gonna take a day trip to St. Louis. That's it, totally doable from where, from Jacksonville, Illinois. Yeah. I mean, when I used to go to a lot of, when I used to go see a lot of bands play, when I lived in Lincoln, we would go to either, we would either go to like Chicago or St. Louis. So, gotcha. and that was just like there and back, you know, we'd go there for a night and come back. So gotcha. it wasn't yeah. possible. It yeah, was, yeah. Uh, St. Louis was much farther, but it was possible. Right. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I figured that, that, that would be something, um, and so I was like doing. Uh, I did research on the Ramones also. Um, yeah, the, the one, the one guy that was alive. I think they're. All, I believe they're all dead now. Yeah, but they're all dead now. Yeah, but in, it would have been like around. I'm like assuming this happened around 05. Sure. Yeah. So he was still alive then, but he died in 06. It wasn't. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't remember. When, didn't feel like it was that long ago, but yeah, maybe it was 2000. I'd, it was either 2006 or 2014. Yeah, because 2006 might have been the the third member to die, and then he died in 14. That's probably what it is. I'm guessing that it's more like 14. I think. Yeah. So he the last. So he died in 14. Yeah. Because wasn't the I think that because I think the documentary came out around that time. Because I remember the end of the century documentary, like Johnny died, like mm-hmm. right right after that came out, mm-hmm. and then and like Dee Dee died like right after that too. Yeah. They all kind of died at the same time, and Joey was already dead. Yeah. He he, he died in like. Early, early 2000s. Yeah. Because I remember that. Yeah. That time yeah, but they, they were they were all dead, I want to say, within like 15 years of each other. So, yeah. yeah. And like two of them from a type of cancer. And so, I mean, it wasn't even like they overdosed to death. I think I think Dee Dee did, though. Yeah, but not all. In my head, it was like, oh, well, all of them are surely going to die of, you know, drinking too much and getting in a car. Nope, they just got cancer and died two of yeah, the last they, two did i mean i think Didi was the big was the big partier i don't think anybody yeah. else really gotcha so. gotcha yeah 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 but yeah no that's cool that would be uh that'd be an interesting uh event there like uh for, for like because it's like the drummer it's like have yeah. a have, have an with <laughs> i mean is he not gonna have a drum set he'll be like playing on a i don't know like a plastic <laughs> what's that uh, i always forget the, the name of that instrument that's just like it's just a wooden box with a hole in it that people smack and slide their hands on. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking about? Called like a wood block or something, right? Uh, the, there's the, like, Are you a, talking about like a drum set that's just like, you know, or yeah, it's 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 like a percussion instrument, but it's just a a wooden box. Here, let me let me check. Because I know there's wood. I think they're called wood blocks, like for something that you hit with the drumstick. It sounds like a wood uh, block. Yeah, it's it's well, yeah, it's called a cajon. Uh, which is literally just Spanish for box. <laughs> so yeah, 
Makes it sound fast, fancier. Yeah, that's what it is. That's plays one of those. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was like a piano or something. Even though I think, uh, I think Tommy was like, didn't he like he like became a producer, so he could probably play a bunch of other instruments too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I figured it, if if you're in that scenario, he's like if he's gonna hold an intimate show, it was literally, I I imagine he's just like playing some unreleased tracks or. You know, it's like, oh, here's some of our early stuff. Here's some un, you know, unproduced mm-hmm. things that we put together, or whatever. I imagine that's what it would be. Sure, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought that I, I figured that would be that would be pretty cool. Have you ever been to like a, a stripped down show like that? I, I went. I mean, I went to see. Uh, I went to see Weird Al play like a couple of years ago. He did that acoustic show. Did you hear about that? Mm-mm. Where Weird Al did this whole thing where he wasn't going to play any any like he wasn't going to do any of his like parody songs. He only did songs that he and it was all acoustic wow. and it was like his and it and he would only do small shows. He wouldn't do like big shows. So I saw him play. Justin uh, and I we saw him play at the Vic. Oh nice. So like and it was awesome. It was like it was like MTV Unplugged, but like with Weird Al and it was fantastic. Whoa. And he did yeah it was this whole like he did this whole like thing where he's like I'm only going to do he played he he did one. He would do one parody song per show, so he mm. did, he would do and he would do one cover. Gotcha. And, okay. And it was and it was different for every city that he went to, which is awesome. Like he would always play different things. So. Oh, that's cool. Because I went to see it, and uh, Jeremy, who was on the podcast, uh, he's a uh, he went to see he saw it in Champaign, and I saw it in Chicago. We compared notes. Oh. Because okay. he played different songs for each of us. So. Yeah. You know what was what was your cover? Like what was the one that he you know what was the parody song that he did? Hmm. So like it's like his this is like a encore or whatever he would pay he would do like one parody song but it was really cool yeah because he did all of his like actual original songs that he wrote mm-hmm. like but it was for anybody who's you know who's into that it's pretty rad like yeah. i was a fan of a big fan of his in high school so yeah yeah it was nice. it was neat that yeah. sounds super fun that sounds yeah. super fun i kind of like I, I really like going to those really intimate shows i don't know i don't know why i mean because i i, I I also really enjoy the high energy shows where there are hundred, uh, like hundreds of people that are all excited about the same thing and jumping and cheering. That feels really good. I like that energy, but I, I don't know. There's something pretty magical about a band that can play to a large audience playing for 20 people and still, I was, you know, put it on a pretty good show. I dig it. I like, I like the smaller shows better. Like really? I saw, I saw Ian McKay from uh, Fugazi do mm-hmm. like a smaller shows. Cause He's into that stuff. He had this this band called the Evens that was like an acoustic Fugazi or a mm. Kugazi, I would call him. <laughs> but uh, I saw him play. I saw him play at a basement in in Springfield. That was really cool. There was like you know everybody was sitting on the floor. It was like carpeted nice. floor, like you know That's that cool. type of thing. And and I saw him play at the Logan. It was like at the Logan uh, Barcade when it was like Logan Hardware still. Oh, he like yeah. played like played in the back there. I mean that there was a lot of people in there because it was in Chicago, but mm-hmm. still. It was it was like you know, it, it was packed like wall to wall with people, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like a stadium. Like mm. I, I never really liked. I don't I don't like stadium shows that much. They yeah. feel so, so personal. So I, I always I prefer the smaller shows. Like the gotcha. more the more stuff if you can, you know. Nice. I like. Yeah. Um, so when I was in a band for a while and we played some shows, uh, there was this dude that uh, he helped us record a demo. And uh, the band that he was in played a bunch of shows and he invited us to this one that was literally it was in somebody's basement where they were 
more people outside drinking in the backyard and on the sidewalk than there were actually in the basement listening to the different bands. But yeah, yeah it was still super fun, you know, because you had a bunch of these, a bunch right. of bands that, you know, like did stuff around Chicago area and the band that he was in, they did some touring um, in the Midwest. So it, it, it was pretty cool. But yeah. I, yeah, so I dig those. Do you remember the band Cursive? Do you remember them? Mm-mm. From uh, from uh, Saddle Creek, they're they're from Nebraska. Mm. They they were pretty big in the late '90s, early 2000s. But the first time I saw them play, they played in a kitchen, in a in kitchen, a, like somebody's apartment. Yeah, the kitchen of somebody's apartment in oh, Bloomington. Right. There was like nobody there, and it was awesome. And then they blew up after that. Like I hadn't really heard of them, and then they oh, were wow. touring all over the place and have like multiple albums now. And no kidding. I, you know, I've seen them at Riot Fest and other right. other stuff. First time I saw them, kitchen, like five other people. That's amazing. (laughs) And I bought bought CDs from them out of their truck, you know. Oh, really? (laughs) Everything. They had like just boxes of CDs in the back of the car. And I'm like, yeah, give me those. Oh, man. Those those are always nice. Yeah. (laughs) There was one, uh, I mean, this, yeah, this is, I don't know how sidetracked you want to get on this, but there was a band that I saw play at the Fireside once, like when I was still living in Lincoln. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they they had just had a new album that came out, but they didn't have like, the, the covers printed for any of their CDs, but you could just buy the CD if you want. And they would sell and they would send you like the cover in the mail. <laughs> okay. And uh, I did that. I bought like just the disc and they sent me, and they sent me the cover like wow. to the, the Lincoln. It was awesome. That's it was a small, it was a small brown bike was the, was the band. Small brown but yeah. Bike. Yeah. Nice. But they were really cool. They, they, they had just come out with a new album and they were so excited to sell it on tour, but they didn't have all the printing done and they took down everybody's address like Jeez. on a mailing list and they sent everybody the covers of the, of the album for, for you know, for after you paid for it, it was so cool. Like That's I felt like such a, felt like such an insider because right? I, I had this like album that had never been sold anywhere other than from them, you know, yeah. like they were not with any stores anywhere. So it was really cool. That's like sweet. that. Yeah, I, I like that stuff. I like, I like the more uh, small intimate stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, one, one thing I miss about going to shows is I, I, I miss like CDs Oh yeah. I have this giant bin of CDs and that I, I, I like, I look at it every now and again. I'm like, oh, I'm never going to listen to any of this. Like, oh, I, had, yeah. I, I have a ton of CDs too. I've, have, I've have stacks of them around. Yeah. Is because, you know, I would just, well, I also have wallets. I have like big wallets that I used to carry mm-hmm. around in my car. You know, yeah. I have like this big wallet of like 300 CDs or whatever that mm-hmm. I would bring in. the. And I still have those, but I also have stacks of CDs mm-hmm. that, you know, that I would, you know, when you'd get like, um, you buy the burnable CDs and they come on those like stacks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, make new CDs and put the old ones in there. And yeah, I just have stacks of them all over the place. And I don't know mm-hmm. what to do with them. I want to yeah. get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had the same thing. So I have a bin of CDs and I have a giant, like these are like, I don't know how many gallons, whatever, how many, they're just massive bins, plastic bins. Of, yeah. One of them is full of DVDs. And then the other one is full of CDs and I'm just like, I mean, I, cause I mean, all of that music I already have digitally. Right. And I also have access through like streaming platforms, so I don't necessarily need it. Um, and the, the movies too, I'm like, okay, all the streaming platforms that I have, I can account for every movie, you know, but also uh, yeah. at this point in my life, because like a lot of these DVDs are so old and almost none of them are Blu-rays where I'm just like, ah, I'm so much of a snob. Even if I couldn't find this on a streaming platform, I won't watch this DVD because the you won't, you won't watch it on a Blu-ray player. It'll 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 you know make it a little bit nicer. Not really. It, it, 
it upscales it somewhat. A little bit, a little bit. I mean, just the the picture quality doesn't isn't transformed into like HD quality. Just because. yeah. I mean, I still have all my DVDs like on. I still have them on shelves and on on display and all that because oh, a lot a lot of the stuff that I have isn't on streaming. Like mm-hmm. it's you know like I have yeah. a large collection of of trauma DVDs. Those aren't really on anything. Oh, they, they were. They were on Amazon Prime for a minute, and they were on Netflix for a minute too. But that was a long time ago. Yeah. But some of the stuff, like I have the, I have like the original DVD set of the original Star Trek show, okay. where nothing altered, mm-hmm. and there's nowhere for you to find that unless you have those DVDs. So gotcha. I mean, okay. Some stuff, some stuff is important, like that. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. No, I don't. I don't have any. I don't have any like collectibles. So I don't have yeah. anything. Any any cool box sets of films i'm I'm talking like jodie foster's the brave one or you know stuff like that 21 with kevin spacey and um uh, what is her name yeah why, why are you keeping kevin spacey stuff you don't need you don't need that anymore <laughs> what is her name? the girl with the two different color eyes um like, i don't know damn it i want to say kate blanchett but it, it's not her name is not kate blanchett because kate blanchett is a different actor I don't think, yeah, I think her eyes are the same color, maybe. Uh, yep, they are. Mm. Um, in this movie, her name d- is Kate Bosworth. That's it. Bob? Uh. Jim Sturgis is the other. He's the he's the the, the main lead. Uh, I never yeah. saw that movie. Yeah, so I mean, but those are examples of the movies that I have that are just like mm. it's uh, so. Twenty One is a story about uh, those college students that. Um, create that system of card counting and just start ripping off casino. Well, winning at casinos at at blackjack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the, in real life, the dude that did it got himself like banned from a whole bunch of casinos because he just kept going to them and winning. Well, yeah, they don't want you to do that there. Yeah. Yeah. They do (laughs) not want you to win. So I believe they don't want you to win yeah i mean and my so my wife and i we kind of laugh about this all the time because uh if if she was if card counting was not ill like uh, against the rules at casinos she feels that she 100 percent would be a card counting blackjack player right uh and she gets mad because she's like why is that why is it why do they call it cheating you know because they're cheating you and they just they don't want you to play like with like use their rules against or some just nonsense, you know, she just like tries to find ways to justify that. Um, uh, I'm, I, yeah. I'm with her on that. I, I don't think, I, I think if you can count cards, then good for you. You, you broke the system, you know yeah. I mean? I don't, it's, it's not like you're bringing your own aces in there or something. It's right. not like you, yeah. have, you, know, you have like a <laughs> up your sleeve or something and you're like, yeah. Oh, not like a Western uh, poker game or something like right. that. Where, <laughs> you know, where you, where you have, where you have your own aces. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't see like I don't see I mean yeah they're they're mad that you're winning but good like these people steal money from people all the fucking time like mm-hmm. they deserve it. Yep. I mean <laughs> Yeah. I don't think casinos are like, you know, they're not. Yeah, no I mean there, there's the phrase the house always always wins, right? So That's I mean it. it's 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 designed for you to lose and so anytime you can game that system they're like um no, don't do that. Yeah. No, uh, you can't. You can't do that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they kind of like made their own rule about that, where it's like, oh, well, that's cheating. Well, not yeah. really, but I mean, it's not, but it's, it's not cheating at all. No, yeah. it's just you being smart and figuring yeah. it out, just playing from memory instead you of can't guessing wait. every single time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Oh man, that's how did we get on? Oh, we were talking about DVDs. <laughs> like we were talking about gambling. Oh, oh yeah, we were we were talking about uh, well, we were talking about yeah, bands that yeah. would sell these out of their cars and stuff like that. CDs are still pretty big in Japan, so you know some people are, are still. Running. That's cool. I'm into yeah. it, man. I I just I have fond memories, and I think it's it's because I was we didn't have a record player growing up, so we didn't have a whole bunch of records that we put on. Um, but we did have a CD player. So that was, that was my record player, you know, being able to cycle through all the different things and then just pop that in and play, you know, all the, and it, it gave me appreciation, um, and appreciation for the art of making music instead of developing like a list of favorite songs, because now, uh, it's, I'll be hard, super hard pressed to listen to a whole album for the most part, I, I tend to find that I'm not super happy with all of the songs on sure. full albums now. So I'm just like, oh, I'll just skip it. I'll grab these three, add it to this playlist and boom, done. Yeah, I don't yeah, I, I don't find myself doing that as much because I mostly listen to podcasts now. So it's kind of uh. that's kind of <laughs> taken over for a lot of the music. But gotcha. but I mean, I did. I mean, I have listened to like we have we have a record player here and just has a, has a pretty good collection of records. So. We do that occasionally where we listen to, to whole records. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if I feel like if I had, if I had a record player and crates and crates of records, I a hundred percent would just listen to the, the whole record. Yeah. Records you know. can't really, but it, it is annoying that you have to flip them like every 20 minutes. Yeah. That just kinda, <laughs> it's like it's, you can't really, you can't really like just zone out to records because yeah. you nope. flip it because it's going to, you know, yeah, it'll be. Yeah, and it'll be done with side A pretty quickly. So. Mm-hmm. Unless you get, like, if you find yourself a, a jukebox that plays records, that mm-hmm. you can set a whole bunch in a row, and it'll just play, flip, yeah. switch, play, you know. Um, yeah, but that's, make, that's making a playlist and not listening to a whole album. <laughs> like no, 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 but, like, those jukeboxes that'll, I mean, that'll play the whole album, that'll play the whole record, right? Oh, and then okay. when it's done, the needle pops, it flips, and then it drops it again. Oh yeah. yeah. So you can, and I only know that those exist because of uh, American Pickers. You ever heard of that show? I've heard of it. Yeah. So um, it, I only know that that sort of jukebox exists because of that show. I remember uh, there was a big because I, I used to work for the Beachwood. There's a bar in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's some it's some stupid restaurant now, but. Hmm. Uh, it's a, they had, they had an old jukebox that had like those little tiny records in there, you know, oh, the nice. smaller. Yeah. Uh, the guy, you know, he sold like, he sold a bunch of stuff to people hmm. and, uh, somebody bought that old, DJ, that old, uh, what? record, record, uh, jukebox for however much, but I think it was uh, somebody who was DJing because, oh. uh, DJ people that I know that play records, like those, those jukebox records are like gold to them. Really? Like the single little ones, because they're really easy to they're really easy to play. Like if you're doing a, a DJ set where you're playing vinyl, like it's mm-hmm. amazing to have that, those little ones, because yeah, it's really little 10 inch. I don't know. When I worked at the owl for a while, when I was doing the security there, I made friends with the DJs that were there mm-hmm. and they were, you know, they would spin vinyl there. So they were, yeah, they told me about that. Like how, how, uh, how much of a diamond those old, those old, like little, little tiny single ones from jukeboxes. They said they were like worth everything to wow. any DJ that plays vinyl. So get out of here. No kidding. It was a, Huge thing, I guess, that people were looking for those. So, hmm. I know. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. And I also wanted to say thanks for uh, thanks for letting me know how to play the harp in the uh, in oh. the, in the <laughs> other you. Yeah. 
you wanted it to be some sort of fantastic uh, instrument. <laughs> and I, yeah. can, I can't play anything now, but hopefully in that world, I would have spent enough time to be well, able to Well, I mean, uh, you, used to, you said you used to play the bass, right? Uh, I used to play the drums. Oh, somewhat. you played the drums. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, but I, if I had, I mean, you know, it's always been a somewhat of a dream. You know, if you had enough time and dedication, you could teach yourself how to play something. Yeah. Better. So, like, you know, if I could, if I could afford it, I'd buy like electronic drums or something like that. So I could, you know, so you could play in a play. Chicago. It's hard to have a drum set here because they're you are correct. Loud. You are yeah. correct. You know, yeah. so that I always wanted to get that and try to get better at it. But it's like, I have nowhere to put it and I can't really, you know, I have a, I have a guitar hero drum set. That's about as close <laughs> I have to well, an electronic. I mean, so most, if you get yourself, um, some electronic drum sets look just like that. Some of yes. them are just like one big pad and the different sounds come out of different like areas of that giant pad. Um, mm. But also you could, um, so a buddy of mine, um, when we were learning drums, cause I, uh, the, in the band that I uh, was in, we, I played drums. Um, the guy that I was uh, learning drums from uh, like late nineties, he built himself a drum set of drum pads. So they were just practice pads. You had your thick rubber pad. That was his snare. And that's like the typical one. And you generally, you sit it on top of a snare drum. Uh, Did you ever have one of those? Yeah. 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 Okay. So we have that. Yeah, I got one. Well, because I was in band when I was in high school, and okay. when I had it, like it was like a big rubber. It looked like you ever like uh, Roger Rabbit, like the, yeah. you know, like the, like rubber holes that you mm-hmm. like stick on on the hole. It always reminded me of that because yeah. it was like it was like rubber, but then there was a big, but then there was a pad in the middle Thick that was really, this, yeah, and you put it on your snare drum, and then mm-hmm. you just played the middle part, and it wouldn't, yeah. and then it, yeah, yeah. So, uh, it, he, yeah. So he had one of those, and then he had. Um, I want to say like an eight inch and a 10 inch and a 12 inch, like a setup, like a typical five piece trap set. And, um, and, and so he would play and then he bought another pad that was like another 10 inch and he set it up, uh, so that he, uh, his kick pedal could smack that. So he could actually Mm -hmm. physically practice playing the drums without using an actual drum set. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's smart. Yeah. That's pretty much what you have to do. Make it quieter. Yeah. So I have I have a snare pad and then I have two other drum pads that before I got married in my last apartment, I would like at least three times a week, pull them out and then kind of try and set them up on chairs around me so that I can just play pretend. I didn't have a hi-hat. I didn't have a a, a kick pedal, (laughs) so I wasn't fully playing. But I mean, I, I did what I could to keep my hands, keep the muscle memory in my hands. Yeah, you can make it work. Yeah, you need to just set up a pillow somewhere. You can hit that. That can be yeah. right hat. <laughs> yeah, but in and so in my head, thinking that you played the uh, the bass, um, I learned when I was in college that the harp uh, is uh, the the notes are um, pretty much the same as a guitar, so the same as a bass, mm. um, but it did, they're just repeating. So kind of like a piano has the scales over and over and over. The harp has this the same thing over and over and over. Um, oh, okay. yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you knew the, the different notes on a guitar or even a bass, you could literally just walk up to a harp, find a single note, and then you knew what was before and after, and you could just pluck it back and forth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And so because, because I knew that, uh, anytime I was introduced to a new instrument, I would ask them, all right, what are the notes here? Cause I was playing this like Peruvian flute 
playing the like the Braveheart theme on this Peruvian flute and when I was in college and this dude was so impressed. He's like, Did you really just pick that up and start playing it? Oh my god. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not special. It's literally just tuned the same way any other flute is tuned. I just found the right notes, you know. I'm like, oh, okay. So just run with that and be like oh no i know i know how to play everything <laughs> <laughs> i'm amazing amazing <laughs> i just yeah. know it all yeah yeah so yeah cool yeah cool means uh was there anything else about the story that stuck out to you that jumped out i mean yeah i mean most of it did i mean it's i think i did i mean i talked about the the the, the blind kids and mm-hmm. the the Ramones and the, and the harp and yeah. And, and then I, and I pulled over to the side of the road to meditate on the car. Is that yeah. what happened there? Yeah. It was foggy. <laughs> you ever, you ever been in a, um, either in like a thunderstorm or fog that was so bad that you had to pull over? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Did you actually pull over? Cause I feel like I've been in quite a few storms. Well, yeah. Mo- most of the time I don't like there was, yeah. there was one time when there was a really, really bad snowstorm and I ended up getting a hotel room because. Oh, gotcha. Okay. There, but a lot of the time yeah i try to just muscle through it because it's yeah. really it's if you wait it might get worse and it's that's fair and it's like how long are you gonna wait how long are you gonna wait for it and you might yeah. lose it so yeah. it depends about how crazy it is most okay. of the time i would try to power through it yeah i got you yeah you know, as <laughs> most of the time yeah there's one storm that i remember driving through with a buddy of mine we were either on our way to new hampshire or on our way back from new hampshire um this is when I was in school in Texas and we were in a thunderstorm so bad that you couldn't look ahead because the, the rain was pounding on the glass. So you couldn't see through the rain. Uh, and there was so much lightning that it was literally just white. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was looking out the passenger, uh, window and looking at the guardrail and telling him if he was getting too close to the guardrail. And oh, he yeah. was looking out his side window and trying to see uh, the truck flap of the, there was like a, a, a semi truck in the lane next to us. So he was looking at the, the truck flap and trying not to get too close to that. Oh, wow. So that's how we drove through this stupid freaking storm. And I was like, you know, if neither of us is looking ahead. So if, if there's another car that we're going to die, he's like, no, nah, we'll be all right. And we ended up luckily being okay. I'm sure there's a version of me that's dead because we did drive into another <laughs> car, but yeah. That's, but, but, but in the story, I was, I pulled over to the side to listen to it. I wasn't like driving with my eyes closed or anything. Was Correct. No, <laughs> no. You're I, like, I mean, yeah, the story could go a whole another way. If, if you want to do that, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's like uh, I think that was in uh, that was in Twin Peaks. One of the was it James? He's like, I like to, I just like to turn the headlights off and drive in the darkness. It's like like that sort of thing. It's like oh, uh, I'm so obsessed with sound that I I, I believe that I yeah. can live a world by just by just feeling. You know, yeah, it could have gone that way too. When I yeah. just I drive with my eyes closed because I <laughs> trust myself so much trust <laughs> that my, I can trust my senses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, yeah, some of the meditation could have, you know, could have taken, could have gone to that route where it's like yeah. today, today I'm going to drive with my blindfold on. Mm-hmm. That, that just, it feels like one of those farce movies um, where I, I feel like in my head, somebody has done that in a farce movie where they just put a blindfold on and start driving. 
Probably. What, what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean by farce movie? Like a scary movie or superhero oh, okay. movie, like those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of those. Like, yeah. That's... One of those things, as, as I would call them. Whatever happened in the past two months, of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> How a lot of those movies ended up being. Yeah. It's where it was where it was. It wasn't about anything. It was just about like pop culture what references. The, yeah. Were the jokes from like two months ago, and let's yeah. try to make it really quickly so yeah. people find them funny by the time it comes out. Yeah. That's what it, that's what it felt hopefully, like. Hopefully, we don't miss the boat on all of the jokes. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. There's some that, that went away with COVID that's nobody's really missing. It's a, yeah. Those movies. What, mm-hmm. what was funny as four months of the movie? Yeah. You know, we can't really do that. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess. I guess that's just what podcasts and stuff are for now, right? Yeah. Or you, well, it was probably YouTube. Yeah, keeping those things alive. Twitch. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. I think that is it for today's episode of Other You featuring Trey Johnson. Um, thanks again to my guest, Trey. Please check him out on twitch.tv um, slash Nintendo Main Podcast, youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast. Uh, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo underscore domain on Twitter. Uh, he streams on Twitch Saturday nights. Um, and what other, there's another night of the week that you, uh, stream, right? It's been, yeah, it's like late night, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Tuesdays, Thursdays and Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo main podcast comes out on Fridays. Check out the podcast on Tuesdays called how is it now? Um, thanks again, Trey. Lovely having you. No problem, man. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Come back next week for another episode of Other You. I'm D. This is Trey. Bye-bye.